0: almost like shocking to see on social media
1: don't take that idea as your own like that was my
0: idea i just right. said it you and my brother weren't even around at that time right i don't think i
1: ever really thought that for an advance. so when i wanted something i didn't wait for somebody to give it to me i always found
0: a way to get it i'm not doing enough It's time to get loud. Welcome back to Loud Talk with Lavi, a podcast where we break down the walls of beauty standards one flaw at a time. And today I have such a special guest. It's such an honor to have you on my podcast, Demetria Davidson. Thank you so much for joining me on Loud Talk today. I'm
1: really excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So let's just jump right into it, Dimitra. You are basically a superwoman. You do so much. And um, you are now the founder of not only one brand, but two with uh, Finn launching this year, which was super exciting. I was so happy to also kind of be a part of that. And um, that's where we met in person for the first time, which was Mm -hmm. so cool. And um that was such an amazing experience in itself but I want to start off with you know a little bit about your background um you know maybe let's take it back to your childhood what was what did you envision for yourself when you were like a little girl did you see yourself being an entrepreneur where did that kind of stem from
1: yeah I was really always extremely independent and very much a hustler at a young age <laughs> I always uh sort of gravitated to you know give me whatever you guys have I'll I'll, I'll do whatever you know I'll, I like being busy so um when I as my very first job I think it was 13 years old I started working at Dairy Queen but the what my and it was my mother who actually met somebody who was hiring and she actually introduced my sister and my sister was like I don't want to work like my you know my, and I said I'll do it I'll do it and I kind of lied about my age and you know they had to special fit me because i was so little that they couldn't they didn't have a uniform they had to custom make it mm-hmm. and so like right at a young age i wanted to be independent i always um you know i always had goals that i always wanted to achieve so it was very much um kind of instinctive but mm-hmm. to be honest like as a young girl i didn't really know what an entrepreneur was i didn't really know what running your bu- you know your own business was going to be like or even if i had the capabilities i don't think i ever really thought that far in advance but I, what, I, what I did always know was that I had goals. So when I wanted something, I didn't wait for somebody to give it to me. I always found a way to get it. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of where I prioritized. And, you know, I went off to university. I put myself through school. And then I started to really learn about business because uh, I did a, a business undergrad. I did B-com at U of T. And that's when I decided, yeah, one day I'm going to run my own business. But even with that, I didn't even know what that was going to look like. So it was a journey for sure. But as a young girl, you know, when people said, what do you want to be? I was like, oh, I want to be a princess. (laughs) Oh, I want to be an actress. Oh, I want to be a doctor. You know, like I didn't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. no, for sure. I totally relate to that because every year I had new ideas and I I definitely relate to you on the side of how you said you just wanted to like grow up and, and do everything for yourself. I feel like ever since I was little my parents always said you always wanted to be an adult you know and now that I'm here I think I feel a lot older than let's say my age group because I you know I've been waiting for this point in my life where I'm independent and can kind of kind of do what I want and work on on my goals but uh yeah no, know that I can definitely relate to you on a lot of those points I think a lot of times it drove my parents crazy how many ideas I have and how I was always trying to do them and they're just like just calm down <laughs> no you'll get there you'll get there yeah. but no that's really cool to hear and I think you know, it really shows that ambition that you had at a young age is definitely what has brought you to where you are today and able to, um, fulfill your dreams. That That's super cool. Um, obviously, you know, you have these two brands indeed, and now Finn, um, tell me a little bit about the creation of, of indeed your first brand and how that kind of mm-hmm. came to be. Cause I know you've been working on that one. It's, it's been around for, for quite a while now. Yeah, indeed, it's been around for almost 13 years. Uh, 13
1: years ago, the, you know, beauty industry looked very, very different than it does today. Social media barely even existed back then. And certainly, social media did not exist in an area where consumers looked for information for skincare products. It just did not exist in that Mm -hmm. world. And so uh, very frustrated that I couldn't find results for the needs that I had. And also, Um, not understanding. And I'm a, you know, a very holistic person, I'm always really, I'm all about health and making sure that I know what I put in my body. I'm a mom, I want to make sure I know what I'm giving my children. And so I was really frustrated that I didn't know I had I had some skin issues myself, so acne at a young age, I didn't know that I shouldn't be using benzoyl peroxide for extended periods of time until I went to my dermatologist about two years later. And then I had hyperpigmentation and I didn't know what hydroquinone was, but when I looked it up, I realized that it wasn't an ingredient that I wanted to use even though it was efficacious and we're still using it to this day. Um, I just thought there's got to be some way that I could figure this out. And so it was through that journey. And actually just even that's really what really drives the innovation with Indeed Labs, even to this day, it's like speaking to consumers. We're very much a problem solution brand. And so I know I'm a consumer myself. So a lot of the products are just born out of this need to bring something to the market that doesn't currently exist. And, And that's what happened 13 years ago. We launched a brand that was focused on formulas, focused on the actives that go, you know, going into those formulas, how those actives work together, making sure that they're free from anything harmful. So we never, I never used the word clean, but our brand ha, has always been free from, a, you know, a long list of ingredients that you don't want in your skincare products. Um, you know, we always use the highest levels of the actives. So you're not, so you're going to get the results because I wanted results in my skincare. Right. And so all of those variables Really, we're kind of meshed into this one thing, uh, you know, on this one idea. And the word indeed means in truth or in, or in, in fact. And so that was where the name came from because, you know, we wanted to launch a brand that we were going to bring to consumers that's going to be results driven, but also they can believe what we say. So that was the credibility right out of the gate. Um, and I say we because at the beginning, I had partners that I launched the brand with, but soon after, we parted ways and I took over and I've been running the brand ever since by myself. Um, so that was you know, right at the beginning. Um, so I would say for the past 10 years, it's just been, you know, me innovating products with a great team. And then, uh, of course, as you know, we launched uh, Finn, which is our acne system last year.
0: Right. And I I definitely want to get into Finn later on, but I want to, you know, deep dive into some of the things you mentioned there. So obviously um, you've been working a long time on Indeed. There's so many amazing products within the line. And I love that it is more of an ingredient focused um, line too. You can really just tell like this ingredient is going to do this to my skin. You see that result come from there. But I did want to ask, what was your kind of background in the, let's say, cosmetic industry? Was it more Um, yourself as a consumer looking to fill a gap in the market because I know you said you did an undergrad in in commerce so how did that kind of transition from just the strict business degree to um, the cosmetic industry? Yeah
1: well I've always been one that takes care of my skin always been a fashion and beauty enthusiast so at a very young age I knew all about the skincare products that were available to me as a consumer back then Um, and like I said I, I I'm a very very thorough person I do my research and I know what's out there and what's available so uh, when I decided that we were going to be launching in the industry, we hired the right people, the chemists. We built a lab, so we have our own lab, and we started formulating products ourselves. Um, I'm not a science major. I did a BCom at U of T, and then I went back for an HR specialist. I was consulting. So I've worked, I actually worked for nine years at Tiffany & Company, ran corporate sales. So I know retail, I know luxury goods. I love fashion. um, I've done a lot of things in my life. uh, And so I think uh, my strengths are really leadership, um, of course, financial accountability as a business owner, and understanding what you need to make a brand successful. uh, But I understood the Creative part. I actually am a very creative person too, so I've got. I'm very lucky because I have a business mind. I also have a very creative mind, um, which is unusual. But that's just the way I am. I, I have so many ideas that run through my head all the time, and I, I just feel like it was just the kind of the perfect, you know, um, balance of the two to be able to bring this brand. But more importantly, I've always connected with consumers and listened to consumers, and I think that's what's really driven the brand. Um, so to answer your story, my background is pretty diverse. Um, but I'm the kind of person that's very thorough and I love to put everything into whatever I'm doing.
0: Right. No, that that's great to know. And, um, I also like that you were able to kind of recognize the things that you had really great strengths in like the business side and the creativity, but there are also parts that you were able to identify, like I'm going to need, you know, the experts for this and this, because a lot of times I think you do see Mm -hmm. people trying to start a business and they think they have to do it all and learn every single, you know, Expertise of the business, but it, you can't do it alone, right? So I, I love that you yeah. mentioned that there. You know, pivoting from there, you did talk about how the beauty industry was very, very different Um, back then. What was kind of your how do, how should I wear this? So when entering the market, you know, um, I think most people that new skincare you know there were the few main lines that that people would go to where they'd go to a dermatologist obviously releasing a line now is very different we have social media and kind of a way to connect with consumers so how did you kind of go to connect with the consumer and get their feedback and know what they're looking for in in a new product
1: sure yeah so when you know we we did we decided sorry my headset just fell off this is kind of crazy i have a little fly flying (laughs) around i'm trying to swish it away i've got my headphones on um okay so um, a, a few pillars, um, which were very important to us. Number one, educating the consumer on ingredients. So that's why we were the first one, the first brands that called out ingredients on our packaging. So you'll see retinol in our packaging, hyaluronic acid on our packaging. So the education was going to be very, very important to us. So we were going, you know, I remember at the beginning, I was trying to tell people to use hyaluronic acid. Just the word acid was so acid was so scary to them. It was such a hard sell. And that's, you know, obviously one of the most trending, ingredients today and in skincare right. because everyone knows the benefits of it. But imagine back then trying to educate consumers and put that call out on the packaging. That was kind of risky. Brands didn't do that back then. So that was one of the pillars is we were going to use effective ingredients. We were going to scour the world for the latest, you know, the best technology, put us at the highest level of the actives based on the clinical trials so they get the results. So results different driven brand. We were going to use real people So the, you know, we see a lot of that today, especially there's a lot of user generated content on social media, but that didn't exist back then. So we literally took real people and we took before and after pictures of them. And um, we, you know, we had a really big proposition. We were going up against the major heritage brands that dominated the industry at the time, great brands, but we had a different, you know, a different story to tell. And so using real people, formulas that were effective, um, a a price point that was accessible. The word accessible was really something that we led us from the beginning, and it continues to guide our brand to this day, accessible in terms of our price point, accessible in terms of results, accessible in terms of where you buy the product. So I didn't want to have to go out of my way to get my skincare products, I wanted to be able to buy effective skincare products where I bought my kids diapers at the time, yes. you know, so all of those words really factored into it. And because we had such a huge value proposition, and we we're going up against a lot in the industry, uh, we launched with one of our hero products to this day, actually nano blur, it's the only product within our entire range, which is a, uh, not a treatment product, it's an instant product, you know, it's our blurry yeah. cream. And so We started off with a campaign that said, look 10 years younger in 10 seconds. Uh, We since changed that because that, you know, again, it could be a little misleading, 10 seconds for 10 years younger. You know, what if you're 20, you're going to look 10, you know, so what we learned a lot. We learned a lot. And I'm just being honest. But that was because it's a results driven product. And you, you know, so the Paris filter that we have on our phones today on, on, on Instagram, like that Paris filter is basically what you get with this product in real life. And that was before the world word filters even existed. So it was just, we were ahead of our time at Mm -hmm. the time. And again, those are some of the guiding principles that lead the brand to this
0: day. Amazing. And I definitely think those guiding principles you mentioned are what allowed, you know, indeed to stand out and be a successful brand because like you said, it was ahead of your time, but was there any fear with that? You know, you were introducing some very new concepts like using real people, which no one saw in the industry. You know, it was all like perfect photoshopped or in studio shoots. Like you didn't see like real people using the products. Um, Next, as you mentioned, like the ingredients, right? People hearing the word acid to put on their skin, that sounds very scary when they don't know what the actual ingredient is or means. So what was kind of the the fear of, you know, introducing these pillars when they weren't really known? And how did you combat that?
1: You know, I have to say like that fear, it carries with you every single day as a business owner, like I just want, you know, and I don't want to discourage people, I want to encourage people to understand that, You know, there is an element of risk always, and you have to be prepared. But by the same token, you have to trust your instinct. That fear is there every day in every decision that I make. You know, there are budgets that are deployed every single day in marketing strategies and new products that I bring to market. I never really know if it's going to resonate with the consumers. And sometimes, you know, we need to give ourselves a break as entrepreneurs and business owners and even as women in business it doesn't always go the way you expect it to go. Sometimes some of, you know, some of my favorite products, the most effective products, we just haven't had the opportunity to engage that consumer because our world is so noisy these days and it's hard to get in front of them. But the same fears that we had back then carry with us every single day or carry with me every day in my business, you know, when you're a business owner and when you're somebody who is such a high achiever, you always want to do well. Right. Um, But I think that I very quickly learn from things and I'm able to pivot. And the greatest reward for me is hearing good feedback. The greatest reward for me is winning. Like we've won over 30 awards globally. Um, just seeing the brand continue to thrive and grow. That's the greatest reward for me. But also on top of that, really connecting. I've, mentored so many people I've given people opportunity in our business I've you know every year we hire interns and co-op students and I've seen these people go on to achieve great things in their careers and so you know years ago I decided to shift my focus and really understand what the purpose it was of me being here like why am I here what is the purpose and it, it it was far beyond selling a single product or products it was there's a lot more to it and so that's what is you know for me what guides me that's what encourages me because we all have those days where you're nervous right
0: it's just an ongoing thing
1: but it's so rewarding in the end when you could just look back and go wow look at everything that I've achieved
0: absolutely and you know I often get into that mindset I'm a very like go-go person and sometimes I, I I'm looking at my day and I'm like I'm not doing enough you know and a lot of my friends when I say that they're like what do you mean like you're doing all these things but when I'm in my head like I feel like I should be doing more and I really have to take a step back and look at, okay, what have I done this year? And that's when I really can see this is what I've done. And I definitely agree with you on the whole purpose thing, because I I appreciate your transparency with that too, because I think a lot of people when they think, oh, I want to start a business and they say, Right. When I hit this goal or make this much in revenue, this is when I'm gonna reach my goal and be happy. Or myself as a content creator, it's like, okay, if I hit this many followers, this many subscribers, that's when I'll be good. And it's like that totem pole always just keeps moving with you. So you have to find like that greater purpose behind, you know, the product, the content, whatever your business is based on. So I I love that you are very real with that and honest with it, because I think it's important for anyone listening to hear. I do want to talk about because you mentioned um, you know, maybe having to say goodbye to some products that you put a lot of love and work into that just didn't hit with the market because of all the noise that that's there. I know one of my favorite products from Indeed, the Green Nano Blur that uh you guys don't no longer sell, I was so heartbroken to hear uh, because I love that product to death. Mine literally didn't even have the words on it anymore. It was just like a a way uh, to so much. But how do you deal with that? You know, when you've put in so much work into a product and and it doesn't hit because I know for me with content creating I put so much time into a video and maybe it flops and then the video that like I kind of just put together randomly that's the of course the one that goes viral and it can be frustrating yeah. so I want to hear from from your side how you deal yeah.
1: with. well you know it, it every one of my products that come to market there's so much thought be put behind them and they're like my babies. you know I've just put so much work into them Funny you should say the green color corrector. I literally had someone call me yesterday and say, are you home? My 13-year-old daughter wants me to pick up a color corrector and I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> and then I had somebody, uh, a, a global makeup artist, actually recently reached out to me. She said, no, I can't believe that you've you know discontinued your yeah. green color corrector. So they're not gone forever. We might bring them back. Okay. <laughs> um, it's just a business model. It really yeah. is. It's just a business model. and you, We've gotten really, really good. One of the things that... Um, you know really frustrates me in this industry is all of the waste and so i've gotten really good with forecasting and phasing things out so there's minimal waste and so that's the so that's kind of what i look at as a business and again you know as i said my background is in finance right so analytics is very very important and so when i look at things and say okay Do they have enough traction? Do we have the right distribution networks? Like, you know, perhaps the green color correctors just where they were in their distribution wasn't where people go to buy correctors. And so Mm -hmm. that's, you know, maybe why it didn't get as much traction, but how do I deal with that? I just, I never, you know what? I have a saying, I say this to my children all the time. And maybe this is what, how I look at my business. I just thought about it right now. When, when I, my, my kids live all over the world. So when they leave, I don't say goodbye. I say for now. And so perhaps that's just the way I approach my business Mm -hmm. too. When I phase a product out, I never say goodbye. I just say for now.
0: Right. No, I love that. I love that. And I think that's a really good mindset to keep because, you know, obviously we all get different expectations and I'm sure I like how you kind of go into it. You know, I I put this work into the product, you know, it's good, but now it's kind of up to the consumers and the market and you handle that from, you know, a business uh, standpoint, which I think is, is really cool. Um, you talk a lot about community when you you talk about your brand. And I think that's so important. And sometimes with other big conglomerate brands, you don't really feel that connection as much, I would say, to, let's say, the people behind the brand. I think with Indeed, I definitely felt that as first a consumer, but then also getting to know the brand and yourself, you know, it definitely feels like one big community. How have you worked to maintain that and also transition it from the early days to now being kind of more on a social media you know, in a social media world where everyone's yeah. on, on Instagram and stuff?
1: Yeah. We, you know, first of all, again, having been in this business for a long time, I don't forget the people along the road with the journey. Um, I think that that's a really important part of your community is just kind of always trying to stay connected. Mm-hmm. Mind you, not easy. Cause you know, as your company grows and as your business diversifies and expands, it's so hard to stay connected all the time. But I think that, um, one of the things that people have always said to me is I'm very accessible as a CEO and I try to make myself um, you know, accessible to our community and our people as much as I can. Um, I do other things when I can't be there to uh, connect with our consumers and w- so you had the benefit you've, you've experienced our studio here which I'm actually sitting in today I created the studio for content creators uh, in our community to be able to come in collaborate with my team share ideas and it's not just you know creators in our beauty world it's just all kinds of content creators we have people that come in to our studio we welcome Uh, you know people that run their own businesses we welcome artists come in so we have pop-ups all the time and they you know and people just love that we welcome them in to give them an opportunity to showcase their work in a you know in in an area where there's a high traffic outside where they can't maybe afford their own retail space and so um, those are some of the things that I do just because I think it's important to give back and I also recognize so if I meet someone for example like You know, I was out and about, and I met two girls that had graduated from Ryerson, and they were in the fashion program there. One of them was create; she launched a brand of bathing suits. The other one was doing jewelry. I welcomed them to come in and showcase their work, and and that's just an you know a small example. We do that all the time. So for me, that's just an example of what community means to me. And then community for the brand means to you know constantly um, showcase those people, the fans of our brand, make sure that they have a voice within our social channels. And also, I learn from them, I, I go to community and, and I welcome their feedback. So a lot of the products that I have created, they've been created out of a need, people say to me, why don't you have a so and so? Why don't you have something for my skin type? And then the first thing I do is come right back to our lab. Obviously, as I said earlier, I have the luxury of our own lab with our own chemists. And I work together with our chemists, I tell them what I want. um, And together we formulate products. So I think that real connection to the consumer is basically, I think where you're seeing, um, again, I can't speak for other brands, but I can speak for myself. Um, I've learned so much from our consumers. I've learned so much from our fans. I learned so much from, you know, my family, our friends. And so it, I do feel like I have a responsibility to
0: give back to them. So well, that's so, so great to hear. And I, I love how, you know, you stand for that indeed sense for that. And I can, definitely say as someone on the other side of it like that definitely shows through with the brand And I just think it makes it feel a lot more like a community than just you know very like consumer brand kind of that that wall yeah. in between. so I really like that I do kind of want to pivot here because I know that you are a mom um, how I know a lot of people in the business world talk about you know work-life balance and all that I think I have a very Um, I don't want to say unique because I do know a lot of people feel this way, but to me, when I'm working on my own projects, it doesn't always feel like work, even if I'm putting, you know, the whole day into it, Um, but definitely there is still that kind of fine line of that work-life balance. So for you, how did you do that? You know, running Indeed and being a mom and also having like a social life and stuff. What was that like key to balance for you?
1: You know, I, I just take day. I really, honestly, I, I just don't want to be that person that says you can do it all. And right. I'm not going to pretend that I haven't had my days. <laughs> you yeah. know, we life is, life is stressful. It's stressful for mm-hmm. all of us. There's no doubt. Um, one thing that I have identified as well, you know, just being a couple of years older than you, um, and being in business, um, that not everybody operates in the same way. And I've had to really understand that not everybody has that I for some reason, am wired with an energy that is crazy, like I have a lot of energy, I wake up in the morning at 6am, and I go nonstop. But I will tell you that the minute I feel like I can't do that, I shut myself down. I do I you know, uh, so how do I balance? I've had a lot of help with my kids, I've ha- I have a sister who's amazing. She helped me out a lot with my children. Uh, I traveled quite a bit. I have felt very guilty often for missing major milestones, but then by the same token, I've given my girls, I have three daughters. I've, I, I feel like I've set a good example for them. Um, I am there for them. I will drop everything I'm doing if my kids call. So I don't care if I'm in a call, I don't care where I am, if my, if my kids need me, I drop everything I'm doing. I did have a rule when my girls were in school and that was to pick them up drop them off at school in the morning pick them up after school so i could hear um you know i could see in their eyes what happened throughout the day you know you know that right away when you pick them up from school they have a good day or bad day and you know you just kind of keep going and you know again like some days are good and some days are bad when i traveled i always wanted to make sure that my kids were with family so that they felt like they were still connected to me in some way and i'm very lucky i'm lucky You know, I I, I realize that I'm so, so lucky. Not everybody has family, not everybody has support. And I do not take that for granted ever. I'm very, very lucky that way.
0: Absolutely. I love how you, you mentioned that, because I think a lot of people, you know, just kind of are in that hustle mode, go, 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 and they don't take the time to kind of appreciate what they have. And I know, For myself, um, I mentioned to you briefly that I I did go back this summer and and saw my family back home in Romania and I actually came across some um, papers from when my parents actually applied to move to Canada to immigrate here. And these papers were from before I was even born. Um, It took them four years to get their visa. Um, And in these papers, you know, my dad was already writing, saying, you know, we want to move to Canada to give our children a better life when... Me and my brother weren't even around at that time, right? So I think for me, that's always been a huge motivator. That's like, you know, I'm given this opportunity to be here, have an education, you know, live out my dreams. Well, I better do it, you know? And I'm very grateful Mm -hmm. for that as well. And as you said, like, it gets busy, it gets super stressful. But at the same time, I also feel very lucky to feel the stress of school and whatnot, because not everyone, everyone gets to do that. And with the whole... Um, you know, feeling like you're wired different. I think these last couple of years, I've been starting to understand that a bit more because I've always kind of been like, I don't understand why, you know, my sibling or my friends can't just do this too. Or, you know, if people say, well, I've had a really hard week at work. I just want to like relax this weekend. I'm like, what the heck? Like, let's go do something. Right. Like I, I never understood that you know, social battery recharge or even work recharge, because I feel like I'm so high energy all the time. My boyfriend always tells me, he's like, you're always just jumping off the walls with everything you want to do. So this year, I, you know, I worked in a nine to five job for my engineering internship. And I finally, I think, started to kind of grasp that and be like, okay, like, not everyone is wired the same way and that's okay and that's what makes you know a, a good team and yeah. everyone has the same goals as I do or wants what I have and I think that's what also makes the world go round because I think if everyone wanted to be business owners then you couldn't really have a business or you can really believe yeah that. so exactly yeah, yeah. no we it, all
1: complement one another and people that don't work at the same pace that we do they yeah. ground me you know and I've learned that you're, you're learning that through work I'm learning that through my children in our community. Um, you know, I, I thought my girls for sure would want to, you know, do what I'm doing and, you know, two of my girls have already graduated from university, one of them is back in animation school now. Um, and they, my older girls, they didn't want, they they just, this was not their world. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess, you know, then you do you. You can't, you know, you can't, you really can't plan things for other people. But what mm-hmm. you can do is learn from others. So what I'm starting to learn is uh, I have an eye for detail. And as I said earlier, I'm very creative and I like, I will see things that other people do not see. I also have a financial literacy so I can look at a spreadsheet and that one most important number just jumps at me, but it doesn't always jump at everybody. So I walk around going, how did you not see that? How did you not see that? And I'm like, because they're not wired like me and that's okay. They're wired differently. I have to learn from them too. And so you just kind of learn these things as you go along. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I think you, we kind of learn a lot from our communities. And I, I I, really, really appreciate that a lot. I really, really do.
0: Yeah. And I, I love how you talked about that you've learned so much from your, your kids too. And, you know, I've thought about this, you know, I'm not planning to have kids anytime soon, but I was thinking, I'm like, will, you know, my kids be interested in like STEM like I am or have that drive. And um, I've had these conversations with my boyfriend as well, because he's very similar to me. We're both like very high energy, He's very like entrepreneurial as well. So I think we talk a lot about that. Like, what if our kids like want nothing to do with this, you know? And I think it's a little like strange when you think of it that way, but I think, you know, opening yeah. your mind up to being like, well, I can learn a lot from seeing that different type of personality. Um, that's a really great thing to hear. And I'm, I'll definitely keep that in mind, you know, in the yeah. future when yeah. I do have kids myself. Yeah, well, Yeah. <laughs> So jumping That's back cool. to those different pillars you had set for Indeed, obviously, we already talked about how they kind of went against what the industry had at that point. Um, how do you think that Indeed kind of broke through the industry also with comparing to like beauty standards and stuff? Because I think, you know, beauty standards change all the time. But I think beauty standards back then were a lot different than they are now. I think a lot, you know, we're starting to have more openness yeah. now and, you know, take down that barrier of filters or whatever. But how did you kind of tackle beauty standards back then when you released Indeed?
1: Yeah. And so that, again, that was, you know, one of our big um, focus when we first launched Indeed Labs was to identify the fact that not everybody looks like the images that you're seeing. Most right. of the advertising back there was print or mm-hmm. back then was print. Um, and so we looked at these beautiful glossy magazines and, you know, the models Obviously, airbrush, they had to look a certain way. In fact, actually, one of a funny story, one of the first models that we used for Nanoblur when we launched Nanoblur was someone in our community, and she was a real person. And we used her in our campaigning because the product just worked so great on her skin. But one of the publications that we tried to put a print ad in wouldn't accept the photo because they said she wasn't attractive enough for their magazine. And years later I called them on it in a meeting that we had and they said, wow, you know, I said, you know, we were going to break down those standards. Right. And, uh, so right from the beginning we did things differently. We were going to take real people and we were going to show them that, you know, you you can aspire to own your own beauty, whatever that means to you. That was, you know, our tagline right from the beginning was real results, real beauty, the beauty standards were not real. And that's hard. That is hard. I have three daughters yeah. <laughs> and I a you know, I'm a consumer myself. I've always had a hard time with it. We Mm -hmm. all do. Right. And so that was one of the most frustrating things for me as a young adult, not finding products that worked, not knowing, you know, why I was looking at something that was never for me going to be attainable. I'm not going to look like that. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't use celebrity endorsements. We didn't use airbrush models. We used real people. And that was, something that we started we did that indeed labs did that that was one of that was a that was a real movement and and we started that i think um you know that dialogue and that narrative years ago
0: i love that that. it was so ahead of its time you know and i think now that conversation is a little bit more accepted but um, I can't even imagine kind of, you know, going through that, that then, and I, I'm so happy that the brand has stuck with that and you have stuck with that even when being shut down by print and stuff, because it's so important. And, you know, I think it's such a common experience, especially as women of not feeling like enough when we're looking at products and advertisements and, you know, we are all like huge consumers of beauty products. And I know I started YouTube when I was 13 and that's also when I started experiencing acne and being on YouTube, you know, in 2014, it was um no one on the internet, you know, had my skin type. I never saw it. Mm-hmm. All of the influencers out there had perfect skin. Their makeup looked perfect because they had the perfect lighting, or, you know, like even the camera I have now, it has a blurring effect on it. It's super easy to put on. And I think it's very misleading. And when I started posting, you know, more real content and it's so silly that we have to like say like declare like this is real content and it really shows the fact Mm -hmm. that how far we've gone with the filters and editing that now when we post something real it's almost like shocking to see on social media but one of the biggest comments I always got was I always thought I was using my product wrong or I always thought I was doing my makeup wrong or I always thought you know makeup isn't for me I get that comment all the time and it's it makes me Mm -hmm. so sad because makeup should be for everyone you know if you want to put on lipstick or whatever like and feel good in your skin like that's what really makeup and skincare is all about is just feeling good in your skin sure. the fact that yeah. so many women just feel like you know no matter what these products can't be used by them because they just don't see that representation um it's yeah. really sad so I love that indeed kind of stuck with that and also kind of started that trend to um you know so far back because yeah. you know now it's even kind of not Smart mainstream so yeah that. Well,
1: I I will tell you, I'm going to interrupt you because I want to tell you that when we started in the industry, wanting to showcase real people, it was a really difficult job for us. We had to find people. We had to convince them to be a model for us. We had to bring them in and get them comfortable on the camera. The best thing that happened in our world is our social media platforms that allow for user generator content now, Mm -hmm. because finally we can showcase our community with people that are comfortable doing it um, and it wasn't until you know that that happened that movement that we were really able to showcase the consumers that were actually not, not only buying our brand, but the ones that we were, you know, formulating our brand for and the whole very foundation of our brand. And mm-hmm. so I got, you know, I got very, very excited. I was so excited about our world today and the accessibility of information and, you know, what we can teach our consumers and how people can see each other. And, you know, and see themselves. But I also want to say that, number one, it's still very difficult. We're still very tempted to use those filters. Still don't know when people are using filters. We still keep ourselves to that standard. And then we find out after, oh, I guess they were filtered. Of course, some of them are filtered. You know, we should know that, right? But also, you know, we've evolved in a a very, very big way in accepting Not everybody wants to use skincare. Not everybody, my kids, my two older daughters don't wear makeup for the most part. They just, I played with makeup since before I can remember. I spent hours in my, like that was just me, you know but it's okay if it's not you. I have learned, you know, again, I've learned so much through my kids and are my, you know, the community of uh, children around me. Um, They teach me so much. And I think we've got a lot of opportunity. We have to be real. You have to own yourself. I, that's why I love your content. That's why we love creators like you, because you are so connected to what's important to you. And then you connect with other people like you. And yeah. maybe, you know, it's not for everybody, but definitely you have an audience. And you know what I mean? Like, I think it's, it's important. And that's the same with us. And so we, are, we give our platform to people to connect with one another. And we realize that A, people are different, needs are different, but we listen and we learn.
0: Absolutely. I want to go back to, you know, talking about your your daughters and obviously in this time where social media is so mainstream. How did you kind of tackle or was there any fear that they would kind of, you know, fall into those traps of those beauty standards? Um, and what did you kind of do to just make sure that they had the confidence to feel good in their own skin? I think it
1: wasn't until they went away, you know, mm. away to school and started, you know, really spreading their wings and discovering right. themselves. Um, I think before that, as a mom, I had an expectation. And that's when I started to really learn that, you know what, you can't put pressure on people, they've got to evolve and be who they are. And I didn't put unrealistic expectations. I just think that as a mother, you know, I, I also realized that as a as a mom, you know, in business, in a successful industry or sorry you know, running a successful brand in a beauty industry I think the benchmark was set really high for them and they mm-hmm. and they thought that I had an expectation also and mm-hmm. I think that they they wanted to do things to make me happy and I think what we you know together we evolved and we grew as a family and me understanding that they you know they also wanted to make me really happy and at the end of the day I just all I wanted for them is to be happy Right. You know what I mean? And I said to my daughter one time, all I want for you to, is to be happy. And we might get into like a little bit of mental illness talk right now. But the reality is, is that, you know, she was under a lot of pressure in school. And I used to say, I just want you to be happy. And then I realized one day that people have good days and bad days. Yeah. And to tell somebody that all you want, all you want from your child is for them to be happy. And they're looking at you going, I'm having a horrible day and I don't feel happy today. Right. That in itself is a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. So she, I, you know, she got silent one day when I said that. And I said, did I just put a lot of pressure on you telling you that's all I want is to be happy. And she said, yeah, actually you did. So it's through stuff like that, that we kind of learned and grew together. And then I realized that, you know what? (laughs) I used to tell my daughter to go to the hairdresser and not cut too much of her hair off. And then she'd come back and her hair was cut right off. And I was like, okay, she's being a rebel. she's not doing what mom wants her to do you know what I mean and then I just left her I'm like do you like your hair like that or are you just trying to be a rebel and she said I like my hair really short and I said well go for it because that's you then I don't know don't ask me my opinion right I think you look great
0: right absolutely I know my mom I mean she's been like my biggest supporter through my whole journey on social media but I remember when I started and I started at 13 so like I don't know I was just posting like random beauty videos and, and stuff in my room like the quality obviously like I saw this thing yesterday that was like, you know, your first video, your first podcast for yeah, really bad, you know, that. you just got to start. So, um, it was kind of like that, but she would always be like, Lavinia your your hair was like this or, you know, like you could have closed your closet door or all these things. Cause she's a very, um, analytical and kind of perfectionist type person. And I would do, you know, I was experimenting with makeup. I was 13. I was just learning how to do it. And she'd be like, Oh, like, you know, your lip liner is off today or blah, blah, blah. And, um, Sometimes we would get into that, but I think once you kind of just kind of let me do my my thing, and obviously looking back now, right? I I was young, and a lot of those videos I don't delete any of them because they're part of my journey, as as cringy and as embarrassing as they are, they're still part of my journey. I think, yeah. Yeah. From the other side of it, I felt that from my mom, but I know it's all out of love, and of course she just wants me to be happy. But sometimes that interjection doesn't that puts more pressure for sure. on that as well and kind of pivoting from there I do get a lot of comments sometimes asking you know how are you confident all the time I wish I could be as confident as you and kind of like you mentioned we all have good days and bad days and that's something I've tried to be really real with my followers is I don't love my skin every day but I'm gonna try to love it like 90% of the time right so you just have to like let yourself have the bad days sometimes and bounce back from it the next day but if I put that pressure on myself okay I have to like be confident every single day like you're gonna you're gonna crash from the pressure a lot of pressure for sure Yeah, a lot of pressure absolutely did you ever feel you know any pressure being a woman in business or feel like you had to kind of um do more to show that you are an expert in in this field um did you ever feel any of that
1: yeah I think definitely I feel like I've always felt pressure as a woman in general, you know, you got to do it all. You got to take care of the family. You got to, you know, in this industry, you got to look good all the time. That's a lot of pressure. Right. I don't think, I feel like um, because I was the kind of person that was just going to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I'm stubborn, I'm focused, I'm goal oriented. Um, I didn't let anyone stand in my way really. So I think that maybe it was just having those blinders on that if I walked into meetings, I was like, I'm here because I'm an expert. Right. You know, look at me any way you will. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you think I'm a woman that doesn't know what she's talking about. But yeah, definitely for sure. I think for sure there are times where I've had to say, hello, did you guys just hear me? I I think I just said that because I'm a woman, you know, like I'm definitely, but I'm the kind of person that will just call people on stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll say like, don't take that idea as your own. Like that was my idea. I just said it, you know, and then I just move on from it. So, um, but I recognize that for sure, women have a hard time in business. Absolutely. There's so many pressures. I, again, I think the biggest challenge for me has always been the balance of being a woman in our world, having to achieve everything, you know, and a a lot of times I walk around going, well, why is that my responsibility? Because I'm the woman, you know, like what? No, you know, so that's where the challenge I think comes into play.
0: Absolutely. And you mentioned the pressure of, you know, always looking good or looking put together in this industry. And I, it's actually interesting because um I remember when I started working at my nine to five job or even going to school, I always felt like with my skin, people would almost not take me seriously because, you know, I had acne or it made me look younger or even that I was super into fashion. I remember being in high school and one of my teachers asked me, what do you want to do after high school? And In high school and first couple years of university, I was always dressed up like people were like, where are you going? It's just school. And I'm like, I love fashion. I love heels. I love makeup. I would show up in full glam every day. And this teacher asked me, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I want to go into engineering. And I'm not kidding you, Dimitri. He looked me up and down and goes, you, an engineer? And I was like, yep. And he's like, you can't wear heels like in the field. And I'm like, well, I'll just have to change my shoes when I get to the field, you know? Oh
1: my god.
0: My motto has always been like, you know, people will judge you no matter what you what you do. People will underestimate you. You just have to go out and show them that you can actually do it. It's been the same with my content. People always refer to my videos when I was younger as like my little videos that I did. No one took me seriously when I Referred to it as a business or how seriously I took it. And now on the flip side where I'm um, today, people tell me, oh, it's so great that you've been able to create this platform and run this business at such a young age. And it's like, well, I've been doing the same thing all these years. It's just now I have like the title of like success, right? That I didn't have when... I started out, but, um, sure yeah, I want to yeah. hear from you, sorry, I kind of went on, on a tangent, but want to hear from you kind of how you navigate that pressure of looking put together and especially being brand owner in the, um, beauty industry as well. Well,
1: I, you know, first of all, I take really good care of myself, like really, really good care of myself. I take, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, if I feel like I need to shut down, I shut down, I take time for myself. I wake up early. I meditate. I write, you know, so I get my thoughts out of my head. Um, I didn't even know that I could write. I didn't know that I had that in me, and so I write poems. And I didn't really know that I could, but I just had to get those ideas mm-hmm. out of my head. Um, I'm gonna, I haven't even told anybody publicly that that I write poems, but <laughs> um, but I do. So I do things that help manage my stress levels. I have really great products that really help. I don't have time to do anything else other than my products, unfortunately. So people always say to me. Like, where do you go for your lasers? Where do you go for your, you know, cosmetic stuff? And I'm like, I have not done anything like that in forever. I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to go. I mean, it's a luxury. I'm sure it's great. Never, never once, never done anything cosmetic. I just don't have time for it. And I just don't do it. Um, But one thing I realized recently is I think my generation is ageist and younger generations are not. And I've started to learn to get over that. You know what I mean? Like my, again, learning from my daughters, their communities, and also from our consumers. We have really young consumers that look up to, um, you know, to a brand owner like myself. And I, you know, my generation would always go, oh, I'm getting old, getting old, you know, and younger, like younger generations. We don't, I don't think, you know, younger generations think like that. I think younger generations have different priorities and mm-hmm. I've started to realize that a lot of the ageism isn't in others as much as it was in myself it was and mm-hmm. when I started to embrace that I started to feel so much better about myself I really did I really I woke up one day and realized that's not baggage that other people are bringing into my world that's baggage that I'm carrying from right. whatever I've been told as a child growing up in fairness to me I, you know it's not it's not to be fair it's not off of where I grew up I grew up in a world where models were airbrushed you didn't see anybody working after a certain age you know you certainly didn't see them out and about you know doing what younger generations do and now we just do Mm -hmm. and and that's just the world that we live in and younger generations are so accepting of that and in fact they think it's you know she's cool I can learn something from we can hang out I can learn something from her or I get compliments which you know And so I thought that's my baggage. I'm going to let that go. Nobody cares how old I am. So that's kind of one of the ways I sort of approach it. I don't know if it's good or bad. It just kind of works for me.
0: No, absolutely. I I really love everything you just said there. And I definitely resonate with it because I think just kind of having that switch go off. I think I experienced that even with my struggles with my skin of having that switch go off. And it's like, who, you know, like I feel upset in my skin, but it's like based off all these standards that have just been (laughs) into my mind, you know, all these years. And once you kind of just realize like, this doesn't stop me from doing what I want to do this doesn't stop me from being happy that's that's really a choice that I have to make to kind of let that go I think so much can change um for sure so I really like your response there you yeah. kind of want to and, bit and bit also you you've yeah, gotta yeah. sorry
1: just just to oh, add yeah. to that you know there are people like so 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 that's when you realize that most of the people are totally accepting and then the the few that are just mean you just get that noise out of your life that's all
0: Noise, exactly. People always ask me like how do you deal yeah. with like eight comments? I'm like, that's not a comment, it's a noise. That's just yeah. noise I have to like isn't it, brush away. Isn't
1: it wonderful when you realize the majority of our worlds world is actually kind? The people yeah. are kind. And it's yeah. the, the few. Like so we give so much air time to the few that can be so really energy, not so yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as soon as you go like, Wow, like you know, ninety-nine percent of these comments are all positive. Why am I even focusing on that one? Who cares?
0: exactly i always talk about you know when handling like any sort of cri- criticism any comments positive or negative i always say like energy in, energy out just like i'm taught in my engineering courses because you know if someone takes the time to watch my content and you know really get to know me and they have a critique i'm gonna take that in and actually listen to it but if someone just leaves a hate comment and takes one second to leave it don't need to put yeah. any of my energy into it for sure exactly yeah so I do want to talk a little bit about Finn now since this is your new brand um, launched back um, earlier this year. So what was kind of, you know, the decision factor of creating a new brand? I know when we talked about originally, you said, because, you know, it's so acne focused, you didn't just want to have it within Indeed. You wanted it to be its own like standalone. Um, But what kind of, you know, inspired you to create a line that's solely acne focused?
1: So I had acne as a young adult, and I found a system back then that worked for me, used it for an extended period of time. I'm just gonna give you the very short version of mm-hmm. uh, the long story, but basically I used it for extended periods of time. It did at work, um, however, and you know, we're going back years now, like we're going yeah. back 20 some odd years, right? So um, at the time I remember thinking, does my face look lighter than the rest of my body? Like the, my neck, my decollete? And I didn't, I thought maybe I was imagining it. So I went to the dermatologist and so I had been using a product that had the main ingredient was hydroquinone or a a series of products, a a three-step system that had hydroquinone or sorry, not hydroquinone, benzoyl peroxide. Sorry, I'm talking about something else. Benzoyl peroxide. And my dermatologist said, how long have you been using this brand? You should not be using benzoyl peroxide for extended periods of time. It's terrible for your skin and it's breaking down your skin's. Layer, you know, layer of your skin, and you know, he kind of used terms that we never used back then, and um, I was so nervous, so nervous. So for years, just being in this industry, um, obviously, you hear the major concerns from consumers. One of them is acne, and uh, when are going to have a product that treats acne? And the only way that we knew to treat acne, the science behind acne treatments that were effective, were um, using benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid, and things that break down your skin's barrier, um, that can be effective in the very short term, but are not not sustainable in the long term. And so uh, we worked really, really hard, you know, for years in our lab to come up with, once we learned the way that acne actually is formed, Mm -hmm. um, then we learned that that, then we decided to develop products to actually treat acne um, in a healthier way. And so that's basically, in a nutshell, how Finn was the concept of it was born. Um, I decided to launch a brand separately because it had its own story. Um, It is an acne system, although because it doesn't have benzoyl peroxide or salicylic acid, and because it is a microbiome certified pH balancing system. So just to break it down very simply, acne, there's there's many different sources, as you know, of acne could be hormonal, could be genetic, whatever it is. You know, your body produces acne, it's an overproduction of sebum, the sebum with bacteria, and dirt gets stuck in your hair follicle. And that's how acne is formed. Um, Traditional treatments, benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid and other traditional treatments, they basically kill all bacteria. The more we learn about our gut health, our brain health and our skin health, our microbiome and how it's all connected and how it all plays into our overall health, the more I realize that we can't do that. Breaking down your skin's barrier function is really horrible for your overall health. And so we went, you know, I went into the lab with our scientists and I said, there's got to be a way that we can actually come up with a system that only kills the acne causing bacteria which is a strain of uh, bacteria called C. acnes. It's an overproduction of a strain of bacteria called C. acnes. How can we just kill the good bacteria, not the bad? So just as a kid growing up, we were prescribed antibiotic all the time. And we realized that that's not a good idea because you're killing good bacteria. They need same thing with our skin. We're killing good bacteria and you need that. And without it, You'll age prematurely. You'll, you know, you're going to damage your skin. You're going to see hyperpigmentation issues, which is what I had. I had hyperpigmentation problems years later because I didn't use sunscreen and I was using these harsh ingredients on my skin. And so we found a way. And then when it, when we developed the system and started doing consumer trials, like we do on all of our products, I couldn't believe that. I just really couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, like this, this really works. Like this is, there, this is something that's so different than anything else in the market. And also it can be and should be used by everybody because it's basically a pH balancing system. So what it does is it makes your skin healthy. It balances your skin and you could use all your products after that. It really for long-term maintenance of your skin, it's not just for acne. It is for anybody and everybody. Yeah. And so I decided because the story was such a powerful one and such a different one that's being told right now. Um, And because it was so unique, um, it didn't really fall under the Indeed brand. The Indeed brand was problem solution, ingredient focus. This is not about that one ingredient story. It's about how it's the formulas and how it's a very smart system. It's the formulas and how they work together so that you you can keep, they can keep your skin in it's optimal pH zone at all times. That's basically what the formulas are all about in the three products and three-step system. Um, so we put it through clinical trial, three rounds of clinicals. The testimonials were unreal. Like I couldn't believe the feedback that we had from these people, which by the way, we don't even know that people signed up for our clinical trials and they, people came back and we still get testimonials every single day with people saying we've changed their lives, you know, and, uh, I also realized through this, that how emotional a journey acne is. And, 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 you know, and, and just hearing from consumers. And so I made the tough decision to launch a brand all on its own um, and not through Indeed Labs, which is a tough one because Indeed yeah. Labs ha- has a well-known name and Finn doesn't. And you're going to a different section of the store looking for it. I knew it would be a lot more difficult to communicate and build that brand um, equity because people don't know it. But I but I knew it was something so special it had to be on its own.
0: Right. No, for sure. I definitely see um kind of where that decision stemmed from. And I, I think it worked perfectly as its own standalone. Of course, it'll take more time and you know it's kind of I don't want to say like starting over because you have all this amazing experience and um I'm sure a bunch of your community from Indeed is is loving Finn as well. But I know for myself when I used yeah. um your the treatment step, I fell in love with that product so quickly because you know, it really is just that. You know, that perfect product that's not stripping your skin, it's not drying your skin. It's really just targeting the pH. And as you said, yeah, whether yeah. you have acne or not, you know, yeah, you have acne. Yeah. Target that ketobacterium, the c, the acne's there without yeah. and drying. And I think as I grew up, and it, it haunts me every day. I think everyone who grew up with acne can relate. It was always about like drying out the acne. Like we thought, if you know, you go out in the sun you know, it's like the sun can cure your acne or not washing your face or no moisturizer. Like people always thought you have to dry out your acne to get rid of it. And I always tell people like you need sunscreen, you need to moisturize and hydrate your acne or else like you can't heal it. Like it needs to be, you know, your skin needs to be in a healthy state to heal. So I think Finn definitely um, tackles that. What's kind of the biggest challenges um that you mentioned there with kind of starting this whole new brand that doesn't have you know all the um you know customer base that indeed has it doesn't have that name recognition yet and kind of what have you done to navigate that of you know starting this this new brand from the ground up
1: yeah um you know what it's been received first of all it's been received so well um it's doing really really well and we've got. Bought- you know, I think I the last time I checked, I think there's over a thousand testimonials already. Nice. Um, even with Indeed Labs, it didn't blow up overnight. It takes time to develop and build yeah. a brand. So the momentum has been great and the feedback has been amazing. Uh, so the brand is doing really, really well, really well right out of the gate, which is amazing. I think that one of the things that I learned is that because acne is such a personal journey and it's such an emotional journey for people, getting people to stop doing what they currently are doing, even though they may know it's not good for them, isn't a motivator. People don't want to, you know, know, for the most part, if people find something that's working, they don't care. Like that's how, that's how much of an emotional journey it is for people and how difficult it is for people. So they don't want to risk it if they think, you know, they don't care. Um, So I, you know, but the again the thing about it fin is it is a a sustainable system so you know a lot of these other systems you can't use them indefinitely Mm -hmm. and you know even if you do something a little bit more aggressive like people that do like an accutane for example you can't you might have to do it again after and so those things are not so sustainable and that's the difference um but You know, I have to tell you, like that education is a big factor in everything I do, even with Indeed Labs, educating younger consumers that they should be using retinol in their 30s for sure, because your cell turnover slows down considerably. You know, and if you want to start using it later, then the signs will are already there. You can't reverse them. So it's all about prevention. It's the same thing. It's just getting people to understand what you do and how you take care of yourself now takes you into the future yeah and being really you know really really monitoring and taking care of that and looking at you have to look more long term so i think that was the big one for me with with uh, acne it's -hmm. a different level of emotion involved i think that was kind of the bigger thing the bigger call out for me
0: there is and you know as someone who struggles myself like We've talked a lot about this acne is not just like how you look but it's emotionally difficult it's you know sometimes physically because sometimes it gets so painful right it
1: hurts um, yeah yeah exactly. and a lot of
0: people you know they're really confused about like why don't you just go on Accutane or they tell me well Accutane like was the only thing that worked for me and although you know it's effective science is there to back it up as you said it's not necessarily a long-term solution depending on where your acne stemming from for me it's hormonal so I knew that going on Accutane wouldn't really be the best for me. And then it would be kind of having these long-term, you know, negative effects on my body afterwards that you can't really just go back and reverse, right? Like like liver failure or whatever like that. You, that's a really harsh, um, side effect, you know, and I wasn't, yeah, of course. scary. It wasn't in my cards to kind of trial Accutane. A lot of people don't understand why I'm taking this maybe longer route of trying to balance out my hormones and really look at, you know, my diet and my sleep. And obviously it's a very long journey and it changes, I swear, like all the time of trying to navigate yeah. new things. And you think you cracked the code on one thing and another thing comes up, but i would way rather do this and i feel like be more in control even though i can't control how my skin is i can control how my body's reacting and then i'm at least getting educated on okay if i do this i'll get this effect so kind of in the same thing with skincare right like yeah. i i totally see why people are afraid to leave the products that they think are working and you know they are working but they might not be the best yeah. solution because of that oh um, and
1: the other thing is be patient yes be patient there's so much dirt and debris that's trapped underneath your skin, and so you, you know, in those hair follicles, it's it. You gotta purge it. You know, yeah. you, you're gonna go through a process of purging before it clears up. Nice. And so, um, that, you know, that's the other thing. Getting people to use the other thing was, um, you know, it's a three-step system, and it works really, really well when it's worked as, when it's uh, used as recommended. Three steps altogether. I was so surprised when people said, Oh, I only like step two. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. Yeah, of course. Cause absolutely you could use it on its own as well. Maybe you don't like our cleanser. Maybe there's another one that you want to use. But it's that consistency and staying within that routine and being patient for the results. Like after two weeks, you'll start seeing results 30 days and then 56 days. I mean, the before and afters are just, you know, I mean, it's just, and, and also like our, our, our results um over 90 percent of consumers saw a difference so those Mm -hmm. are really great results but those are the kind of the biggest call outs people are impatient and people are afraid
0: absolutely and I think it's because you know a lot of us as consumers we buy 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 because we're like we want that those instant results and you know you have to I, I had a Actually, another guest on a podcast, a fellow influencer from the UK, and she mentioned how to her she started viewing skincare as less of like a solution rather than as a supplement for her skin, because she's like similarly to supplements you take, you know, you can't just not eat at all and take supplements. And I was like, that is such a great way of putting it you know skincare is just one piece of the puzzle right and having that good skincare routine it's not going to solve all your problems maybe but it's really going to be a great foundation for your skin's health the same way that supplements can really help your body and give you you know um different nutrients and stuff that you're maybe efficient and uh, deficient in not getting from your diet but you still need to eat well every day to to obtain that goal so i really like how she put that and that kind of just reminded me of what you said there I do want to talk about, you know, we talked about beauty standards, um, this new line with Finn, which I think Finn itself has already kind of taken down some of those beauty standards. I saw your guys' launch photos and the photos you use in campaigns, you're showing real skin, which I absolutely um, love and of course stand for. What are your goals with not only Indeed, but also Finn with continuing to break down these standards in the beauty industry and beauty standards? Um, Since already you've been doing that for so many years, but what's kind of your goals, let's say, in the next five or 10 years of taking that even further?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm always living like two years out. So <laughs> I already have innovation coming down the pipe do uh, for the next couple of years. I'm really excited about, uh, yeah, the consumer looking at some of our new stuff. We have to formulate that far in advance. Like we're always 18 months out. So I'm already I always say I'm living in, a, in the future and I bring myself back to reality as well. But um, yeah, so always formulating new products. Um, You know, there's so much opportunity to connect with consumers everywhere, expanding all over the world. We just um, launched direct-to-consumer in the UK recently. We're going to be launching direct-to-consumer globally. Um, There's just so much opportunity. I think that I'm just going to, I'm going to keep going as long as I can keep going. And keep creating as long as I can keep creating. I love doing what I do. I really, really do. and so um, you know, through this journey, I learn a lot. I've learned so much about the skin the skincare, science of skin, uh, ingredients, formulas. I, I, I learn about consumers, I learn about marketing. so the more I learn, the more I can impart and the more I keep going.
0: I love that. No and it's so great to hear your passion for it and I think that's why you've been able to create such a successful brand. Yeah but now you know all the luck with finn i know that the response you guys are getting is already amazing i love as i said the treatment like i couldn't believe how smooth my skin was in just like a month of using it so really great i'm happy to hear that i do i'm more out of a curiosity standpoint since you know you said you're always working on new products has there ever been products that you've worked on you know for however much time months to years and then not released yeah, we do that all the
1: time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I have, uh, we always have, I would say like no less than maybe 12 concepts going at all times. And then okay. we just decide what we're going to bring to market. So sometimes I pivot and right. change gears and go, okay, this is what we have to bring next. Um, but yeah, always, I, I, I can't help myself. Like I'm like so creative that the ideas are coming out. Like I have to stop throwing ideas at my team. Right. <laughs> but there's always lots and lots and lots going on but yes that is a very real thing that happens in business all the time you just got to figure it out and keep going
0: right and kind of you know one of the last questions I'll ask how have you kind of navigated working and releasing product in such a saturated market because especially now I feel like releasing a brand in especially in like the woman's space there's so many brands out there and it feels like you know everyone's just trying to come out with the new best the next thing how do you kind of navigate that and that competition of how many products? i've been
1: really lucky we've we've been like first to market a lot and so i pride myself on that and oftentimes you know you may have not even heard of the product that we have and or have had in the past because it just might be one of our quieter uh products but um We, I don't, you know, I listen, I don't like to bring anything to market that already exists. I think that if you're saturating the market, that doesn't help the world and help anybody. Uh, So our, I'm always going to launch products with an angle, a different, you know, a point of difference that doesn't Mm -hmm. exist or I don't launch at all. Um, But yeah, uh, you know, I think. I, I feel like yeah I think that's kind of just sort of my guiding light if it already exists and if it's not going to do something different or better then it then there's no point in doing it so always a, a you know a point of difference so if it's going to be like um, something that may exist in the market but it's inaccessible because it's a very high price point mm-hmm. then I might bring it to the consumer in a more accessible form right. um, you know with the and, and the same effectiveness um, and the same quality or um, you know, I'll bring up, you know, something that doesn't exist. I might merge. Sometimes there's a hybrid of a product. So for example, when we launched our, our nano bronze bronzing drops, um, back then bronzers did not exist with all the actives that we have in it with the antioxidant and with hyaluronic acid. And so it didn't exist. And so it, for me, it was a skincare product with a bronzing in it. Um, so yeah, so always a point of difference. Otherwise I just won't do it.
0: Yeah. Speaking of nano bronze, I love that product. I do hope, I mean, I know you have a a bunch of amazing things in the works for indeed but that product is such a cool as you said hybrid product that kind of gives you that makeup look um but still has benefits to the skin hopefully indeed does more yeah it's so good (laughs) i love love it
1: it's one of our top sellers it's so good it's my favorite i have it on right now (laughs) (laughs) well i formulated it because i wanted it for myself That, that was exactly there's a story behind it i was doing press and i wanted okay it's a little bit of a long story and i know we we don't have a lot of time but we'll tell i'll tell you about the story about another time but that definitely like it was a need that i had and i called my team and i'm like get on it we're creating a bronzer with that uh, right. uh, you know actives in it right now
0: yeah yeah and i think that's probably one of the best approaches you can take it's like if if you need if yeah. there's something missing in your routine then it's probably missing in someone yeah. else too right so exactly. no that, yep. and our lip
1: products our, our volumizing lip products same thing product volumizing products on the market they sting and I didn't like them and you know they they say that they're gonna you know plump your lips but that stinging it it basically irritates your your lips temporarily but then longer term it doesn't you know do anything and so you know I want and then my lips dried out after Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay I don't like the volumizing products on the market I want something that's a grab-and-go item because I my lips are always dry I wanted to have volumizing, but oh, can we address those little lines at the top yeah. of your lips as well? And sometimes your lips get discolored from the sun. Can we do something for discoloring? And can we put hyaluronic acid in it so that it plumps your lips and makes and keeps them hydrated? All and you know, so so I was like, dah, 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 dah. and then that's how our lip volumizing products came to market. And now it's all about volumizing lips. Yes. I mean, everybody's just launched it, but ours have been in the market forever. So you know, that's kind of like. I love I love that I love that when and I love that when when a trend is such a good one that you know that others do the same thing that just means that it's a it's a really a good big deal yeah. and people like it you know I you know what's the uh what, what's the saying um copying is the best form of
0: flattery or right. how, how does the saying go yeah
1: yeah so anyway
0: absolutely well Demetra thank you so much for your time today it was so amazing speaking to you hearing more you. about you know, your business and kind of how you handle everything. And you're definitely a very inspiring person. I'm sure to anyone listening, they can get the same. But I also, as you mentioned, um, I appreciate how, you know, available you are as a CEO to connect with not only me, but your community. So I think that's, that's very much appreciated. You don't see that all the time with, with uh, brands. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so
0: much for having me. And I wish you so much success this year and all of your endeavors. You're a dynamo. You really are. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well. If anyone listening, you can go check out Indeed and um, Finn. I'll have both in the description if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are, make sure to give this video a thumbs up and comment down below what you want to see next or what guests you want me to have on or just tell me something you love about your skin today, whatever you want to comment. And if you're listening in on Spotify, Apple or any other streaming platform, make sure to give this podcast a five star rating and go check out the YouTube version as well since we do film video That is it for this episode of Loud Talk. Thank you, Demetria, for getting loud with me. And to anyone listening, you'll hear from me in the next episode of Loud Talk with Bye, everyone.